All you have to do is look across Munfield to our basketball arena and you, you see how championships are made. Players play, tough players win. It's downtown, breaking with the basket up, and it's in! Defense by Michigan State is unreal right now. Dawson, out to Harris for a three ball, he got it! Check good, it's good! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is the Impact E-Zone. With your host, Andrew Hayes. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Impact E-Zone, part of impact89fm.org slash sports. My name is Andrew Hayes, with you as always. Holy cow. We can't keep doing this, guys. There's just, I only have so many years that these games can shave off my life. And the past two have been, oh my God, I've I've been losing hair. I can't eat. This is just unbelievable. But the most important thing is the Michigan State Spartans are still undefeated in Big Ten play. Uh, this, uh, let's see, that was Tuesday. They played uh, Ohio State and uh, overtime game. Michigan State pulled it out 72-68. Um, got big game. Got a big game out of Keith Appling. I think that's going to kind of be the way it goes. Um, they had to go without uh, had to go without Travis Trice. He's been fighting an illness. God, that guy. I tell you what, maybe someday if he can get healthy, because when he's in there, t- uh, it's fun to watch. But uh, yep, big game out of uh, out of Appling. Needed it. That's for sure. Um, the past two games, actually, Michigan State has had three guys in double figures. Um, Appling went for 26 uh, rebounds, seven assists. Really nice stat line from him. Uh, Gary Harris, 13 points, five boards. If Gary Harris can start making more of the shots that he takes, because he averages, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, Gary Harris probably averages the most shots per game on the team except for maybe Payne but consistently Harris is in the is in the top three for shots per game and he's just not converting at a very high rate like I said he takes a lot of shots which is why he ends up double figures every single game but uh need to start making more shots that's all there is to it because if he can he's he's, I mean he's unstoppable and I know the defenses throw a lot at him. They want to focus in on him, and that allows for other guys to uh, to do what they can do. But uh, you'd like to see him make a lot more of the shots that he's taken. Um, so, yeah, Ohio State game, holy cow, blew a 17-point lead. I think Ohio State won on a 20-3 to run to close the game and uh, and tie it up. That, uh, that can't happen. Izzo talked about it a little bit. Um, I'll play some of his press conference now. So here, he's not. That's not the way you want your coach to sound after you just took down the number three team in the nation. You'd rather have him be overjoyed and ecstatic, but that's just not the way Izzo Tom is. Um, and I, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, next game that was today, today being Saturday, was against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and. State came out flat. They were without pain. Uh, his foot injury that uh, that he played through 
uh, for the Ohio State game. He couldn't go against Minnesota. I think I don't think he really should have gone against Ohio State. I mean, physically, I think it probably hurt him that bad. But being that being Ohio State is his hometown team, I don't think there was any way he was staying out of that game. Um, but uh, yeah, dearly missed him tonight. Uh, Kaminsky was huge against against Minnesota. He made his first five three-pointers, ended up five for seven on the game, missed his last two because I think the crowd just willed those out because his first five three-pointers were probably just some of the best jump shots I've seen all year, and it was just a gorgeous thing to watch. But, man, it was like he was shooting layups out there. Another big game out of Appling, 24 points, four rebounds, went 15 of 16 from the free throw line. And speaking of free throws, could have absolutely killed us. Free throws could have lost that game. And Gary Harris, want to get this out there, he had 19 points, 5 of 16 shooting, 1 of 8 from from 3-point. Not great. Not great numbers. He had 8 of his points from the free throw line. Should have had at least one more, but uh, in the waning seconds of the game, he um, missed two free throws that pretty much, if he would have hit one, it would have basically iced it but uh allowed for uh, deandre uh matthew to go down and make a uh, last second layup to send it into overtime but uh for all those who took michigan state on the spread they were pretty excited about that michigan state was favored to win by 11 and apparently they just wanted to turn it on in the second half that's or in the in the overtime period i beg your pardon because they looked borderline unstoppable in in the overtime period and even to some extent for the last oh maybe five minutes I think Keith Appling played some of the best defense that he's played all year and that's one thing guys if you are watching these games pay attention to Keith Appling and what he does because he is I I haven't watched enough but I think you can put him toe-to-toe with Aaron Kraft for best on on ball defender uh in the nation his his footwork is impeccable. He tonight uh, against uh, Minnesota had a little bit of trouble with fouls, but and uh, and he actually addressed that. Asked him about it um, in the uh, in the post game. Here's him talking about the fouls. Uh, it almost seems like um, some officials are, you know, kind of they they focus more on the new rules, and some of them kind of let it go and let the physicality of the game play itself out. But, I mean, we just we, – I feel like we always do a great job of adjusting to however it's being called. So the thing that I – and he confirmed a suspicion that I had had uh, that these refs don't know how to enforce the new rules. They don't know how. They – it varies so much from game to game and crew to crew. It's really kind of disconcerting and scary because the players don't know how to play. The coaches don't know how to coach. Izzo talks about this in his press conference too. Um, it's it's difficult, and uh, and I don't know how they can fix it. I think it's just a it's just a matter of time for all of the uh, all of the refs to get because you've got. You've got two different forces. You've got young refs who are this is the this is maybe their first or you know they're new to these rules, and they're they most likely want to enforce those 
to as well as they can to the letter. Whereas you've got older officials who have been doing this for however many years, they've known these same rules the whole time, and now they're getting into this situation where, you know, they called it for so long one way, why would they all of a sudden overnight start changing it other than because it's the rules? But it's, I mean, it's not easy, and it's its unfortunate that it is that way. Um, I think I think Izzo probably said it best is defend but don't follow and uh and yeah i'll i'll play some some of his uh minnesota press conference here in a little bit because uh i don't know where it came from um i didn't hear any of it but apparently Izzo got uh got railed on pretty good this week or in after the ohio state game um for being negative and unhappy with his team and like I said, I didn't hear any of this. This is all from Izzo in the uh, in his post game from Minnesota. Here, I'll play some of it right now. There were enough bad things to uh, normally I'd get mad about, but not anymore. Just gonna smile and tell you all, let you all feel good about it, and uh, we're gonna do one hell of a job. And so I'm gonna have a party tonight. You're all invited, and we'll go from there. If you want me to take the foot off the pedal and be a nice guy, forget it. Ain't happening. Okay, because there's certain things that I just get a kick out of people on how they perceive what I do. I don't, I don't, I don't think after looking at the way people reacted last time, I don't think I can do that anymore. You know, I can, I can just pat them on the ass and say, "Come on, would you please keep doing a good job?" <laughs> it's not as funny as you think if you're on my side of it, guys. To be very blunt and honest with you, because, um, you know what? <laughs> Always remember this. You guys are just as smart as I am or just as dumb the way, the way you want to look at it. But everybody can see what's going on on a floor. You can see who's playing hard, who's not playing hard. You don't have to be a coach to see that. You can see who's doing what they're supposed to do, who's not doing what they're supposed to do, who's turning it over, who's getting open shots. The only difference is it's your job to write about it. It's my job to hold them accountable to it. I th- I mean, he's he's patronizing the snot out of everybody who was in that room and I don't like I said I don't know what was said but uh the moment a coach starts getting his tactics questioned that's when you're going to see him at either his his angriest or in Izzo's case he just swims in it absolutely immerses himself in it and throws it right back in everybody else's faces which I think is is better than him just clamming up and and you know not doing what he usually does and that's that's revel in in this type of uh, this type of criticism. But I I don't know. You guys will have to tell me. Is is Izzo too negative? Because in my mind, a good coach, unless it's the championship game, for unless yeah, unless it's a championship game where you win and so you are officially the best team until that win no coach should ever be happy with their victories unless it really was just a complete and total domination there a good coach will always 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 be able to find something wrong that's what makes good coaches because they're perfectionists they don't like they they don't want anything to fall through the cracks and Izzo is upset 
with his team right now because he's had a lot to deal with. He's had to deal with a lot of young players, first of all. He's had to deal with a million injuries. Um, Trice, Harris, um, Payne now. Appling has been dealing with some leg cramps. Um, but he's had a lot to deal with. So on top of that, he's also got these younger players. I think Valentine is one that he has specifically gone after. And, uh, and you know, he won't call him out, but, uh, but you can read between the lines and the stuff that he says, and you know he 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 want he expects more out of Valentine, and I don't think that's, you know, earlier this year we were talking comparing him to to Draymond Green, and I think that's the type that's the type of player Izzo wants him to be, uh, but I don't know if he's there mentally yet because he, and I've said this before, he gets into Valentine does he gets into these, into into this role where it just looks like he says, screw it, I'm going to see exactly what kind of cool stuff I can do out here. And that's not what they need from him. And that's not what Izzo wants from him. And that's why Izzo gets so fired up because he continues to make those same mistakes and those same frustrating, unnecessary moves. If I'm Izzo, I tell him, if you take one more floater in the lane and miss it short, your scholarship is gone because I I can't keep I can't keep watching that I don't know how Izzo can handle that, but that's the thing about Tom Izzo and that's why I love Tom Izzo and that's why I cannot even begin to fathom why anybody would have a problem with Tom Izzo pointing out the negatives and focusing on the negatives. Yes, would you? I mean. What what do people want? Do they want him to come in and say, all right, we just beat the number three team in the nation, best day ever, anything else is just, you know, at least we won. That's not the way a coach, and especially a coach of a national championship contender, should think. It's it's not. It's not right. It's not, and that's, and so maybe that's the way he should think. It's just not how he should present it. But honestly, I think one of my one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to sports fans is not acknowledging your team's shortcomings. I'm a Cubs fan, so that's all I get to do all day long is just look at my team's shortcomings. And for people who can't take a step back from yay, we just won, and say, okay, we won, but here's where we need to improve. Those people need to just keep that type of mentality to whatever thing they are okay with being mediocre at, if that makes sense. Because if you want a mediocre team, yes, give me a coach that will say, guys, just as long as we win, we don't need to cover any of this, and especially in a post-game presser. Well, you know, all Izzo's thinking about is we just blew a 17-point lead. We could have made a huge statement to the conference by blowing the doors off of Ohio State. But instead, there's blood in the water. And that's what it is. At this point, Michigan State has not won anything. They will probably be ranked in the top three, maybe top four, um, by the time or when the polls come out on Monday or Sunday. I forget when that happens. Um, but they haven't won anything. So 
I want my coach saying what needs to be improved. I don't want him to pat me on the back and say, you know, good job, but it'd be great if you could do this. And it's like Izzo said, he's not allowed to kick players in the ass anymore. He just has to nicely tap them <laughs> and say, you know, I I hope you can do something, but that's not how Tom Izzo works. That's not how great coaches work. I love when people talk about Nick Saban and what, you know, he's this, that, and the other thing. And I hate Nick Saban just as much as any other Michigan State fan should. But the fact of the matter is he's a miserable human being. Well, from all accounts. Sorry. From all from everything that I've heard from people, he is a miserable human being. But he wins championships. So as much as we love the happy-go-lucky, you know, joking with the media, joking with everybody Tom Izzo that's that's not that can't be expected all the time there's a time and a place for that and when if if I was in Tom Izzo's shoes and my team just blew a 17 point lead when they could have basically said the Big Ten is ours who's going to come and take it from us yes I'm going to be upset I'm going to be relieved that 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 I'm walking out with a victory but I'm not there's certainly not going to be real overjoyed happiness so like I said, I don't know what was said or by whom, but the fact that that it that Tom was so uh, <laughs> so kind of patronizing and over the top happy after a uh, after a close home win that you know Minnesota's a good team. Don't get me wrong, but and I know being without Adrian Payne is is tough for Michigan State, but come on. I mean, granted, Minnesota shot the lights out. In the first half, at halftime, they were shooting. uh, Let me make sure I get my numbers right here. They were shooting 58.3% from three-point range, 7 for 12. That's ridiculous. They ended up shooting 38%, and that's what helped Michigan State in the second half was, state. first of all, State's defense locked down. Uh, late in the second half to help them uh, to help them get back in that game, but and and yeah, Minnesota just stopped hitting shots. That's that was a big part of it, um, and that was that was really the difference. Uh, they got a nice Michigan State did got a nice second half out of Brandon Dawson. I think he finished up with where's my numbers? He finished up with ten boards, only six points, but. After he's kind of disappeared the past, since really the UNC game, I think, when he had such a, uh, I guess he bounced back after that. But he hasn't looked himself. Uh, This is what Izzo had to say about him. Yeah, there's something wrong with Brandon. I mean, there's no question about it, you know, that there's there's something bothering him. He hasn't been that way in a month, and he's been, you know, really, 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 for the whole year, he's been pretty good. You know, he had that... Call it a meltdown, call it whatever you want to call it uh, against North Carolina. But, um, yeah, you could see it, right? You don't have to be a coach. You, you could see it. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, but uh, I think he could see it this time. And, 
you know, tried to regroup in that at halftime. But honest to God, he's played very pretty well beginning of the year. You know, he's averaging a double double going into that Carolina game and really struggled in that game and and then he had the big stretch where he played really well and then he has not played with that same energy and uh it's nothing with his teammates, it's nothing with his coaches, it's nothing with school. But uh it's something and we just gotta figure it out and and get him back because you can see the look on his face. I mean everybody can see it. My mother calls, she's eighty so I don't know what's wrong with him either, but uh, if he, I mean, let's, I, I can't even begin to to guess what might be wrong with him. Uh, like Izzo said, it's not grade, it's grades, it's not his teammates, it's not the coaches, uh, it's just something in his head, and uh, and it stinks, especially when pain is out to not have Dawson clicking like he was earlier in the year. I mean, the guys, I think he's still averaging close to a double-double um, because, you know, he he had such outrageous numbers. And I know Blake just, uh, Blake Froling just wrote a, uh, um, he just wrote a piece on uh, on Dawson and how he hasn't really lived up to his expectations. I, I agree and I disagree with that. I I think Blake's uh, Blake's analysis earlier in the year was, I thought, pretty spot on. And, you know, for for a lot of reasons, uh, people thought this was going to be a huge year for Dawson. Um, right now he's not there, but there's still a lot of games to be played. We're I think we're barely halfway through the season. and uh, And so, I, you know, it is what it is. They're fighting a lot of injuries. They're dealing with a lot of uh, Michigan State is dealing with a lot of stuff right now, and uh, it's really, uh, really too bad. But the most important thing right now, and because I'm not a coach, I can say this: they're winning games. I mean, ugly, dirty. They went into Indiana and absolutely just stomped the Hoosiers, even though that team is very depleted this year. But I mean, states, states battling through this, and if they can get to the other side of this stretch where they are just injured and and hurting, um, they're going to be an outstanding team. Because right now, with Kenny Kaminsky getting good playing time and using that playing time and making everything in the gym, good God, if you didn't see his jump shots, you have to go watch. Because... There's a certain I love watching true shooters shoot because they have this calm about them and just this steadiness when you watch it that it's <laughs> you just know that it's going to go in and there was not a doubt on any of his I think his first I thought his sixth shot was going to go in too um his first five though were flawless like there was no doubt that those were going to go in from the moment that they left his hand. And then, uh, yeah, after that, his his sixth shot was, it, it was halfway down, actually. It, 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 it hit this, the inside uh, side of the rim and uh, and bounced out. And then his last one wasn't very nice. But uh, but it's great to see some production out of him. And, and I think my favorite thing is that Izzo's prediction, 
or Izzo's, uh, God, how do I want to say this? Yeah, his description earlier in the year of Kaminsky being probably the best true shooter on the team is coming to fruition and then some. I mean, but as Izzo says, he, uh, he he makes he makes some shots and then he gives up some shots. So you'd like to see him clean it up on the defensive end. Um, but uh, but right now, I'll take I'll take nine points a game, all sh- all three pointers out of old uh, Kenny. And uh, really, you just feel good for him for uh, for battling through the uh, the off the court stuff and uh, and doing what he needed to do and needs to keep doing in order to. Uh, in order to stay on the court, because he, uh, I mean, he's proven himself to be, to be, uh, be useful. Um, what was the next thing I was gonna say? Hmm. Um. Anyway, Brandon Dawson is gonna be fine, guys. That's what I was gonna go back to. Brandon Dawson is gonna be just fine. Fortunately, they don't need him to be anything more than. Just give me rebounds. That's been the biggest thing. Michigan State did out-rebound uh, Minnesota pretty well. Uh, out-rebounded them 44-32, to but they got absolutely stomped on the boards against Ohio State. Got out-rebounded 28-42. to That's that's not something the Tom Izzo team does. Um, they did get 21 turnovers, holy cow, against uh, Ohio State. Um, that was a great game for that. I think, I think the first 33 minutes of Ohio state was probably the best team basketball that Michigan state has played all year. Then after that, it got a little scary. What with the whole giving up a 17 point lead, but they battled through it and the crowd was outstanding. As Tom said, they were just unbelievable. But uh yeah, it's uh it's a good time to be a Sparty, that's for sure. The uh there's just there's really nowhere to go but up at this point as as far as Michigan State basketball goes because they're not clicking on all cylinders, not even close because they don't have their whole team and they haven't had steady steady guys and even the guys that are playing Harris is still hurt Appling I think is really probably the healthiest one on the team Costello's still trying to fight off mono um so really other than other than Appling and Harris is still hampered I don't know how long this this pain injury is going to be they said it he strained his foot he's been dealing with plantar fasciitis all year he uh I don't know what 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 the prognosis on him is, but uh, it's gotta. They need him back. They miss the big man a lot, and Costello has been been providing good minutes. But uh, Ghana has not really. Ghana had a real opportunity here to step in when uh, Costello went down, and same with Schilling. Uh, Ghana and Schilling both had real opportunities to come in and. Uh, and do some good work, but uh, they just keep getting in foul trouble. Whenever, whenever they come in, it's whenever Ghana or or Schilling comes in. I think Schilling was in for thirty seconds today. I think he's yeah, that's, that's what it was. He subbed in on the free throw 
after this after the first shot and then he got a foul on the rebound so wasn't even a minute of game time before he picked up his first he only ended up with uh let's see four minutes of playing time tonight and that's the thing is and I think that's part of Tom Izzo's frustration is he wants these guys to succeed and he wants the guys who are getting time because his usual starters aren't in. He wants those guys to be able to, he wants those guys to be able to step in and do the job that he needs them to do. And he has not been getting that. And I think that's, that's a big reason for his frustration. Um, I give him a lot of credit. He's bit his tongue and, uh, hasn't, name names or uh, pretty much just mentions what class they're in so you can kind of start to read between the lines he uh, like I said he gets on Valentine a lot but I think a lot of it is deserved so uh, going around the uh, all of college basketball Syracuse beat UNC today 57 to 45 no I went on record on this show and said that UNC will for sure be a national, not a national championship contender, but they'll for sure make the tournament and wasn't that bad a loss for Michigan State. Now I want to know what the heck happened in that game because UNC has been getting beaten right and left. So I don't know, and I th- I'm just going to blame it on the free throws. Like, uh, like I harped on last time. UNC shot lights out from the free throw line against Michigan State, and I don't think they've been doing that since. I haven't watched many of the UNC games, but the 45 points in a game, that is unbelievable. I think they said that's the lowest that uh, that's the lowest point total for UNC under a Roy Williams coach team. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's the fact that Roy Williams just has Michigan State's number no matter who he runs out on the floor. But, man, that is 45 points. Uh, Iowa State finally got their first loss, lost to Oklahoma. Um, other than that, Duke lost to Clemson, 72-59. Tell you what. Just keep, uh, that was another thing Tom Izzo touched on. I want to play, I want to play this clip because it, it, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good indictment of, of college basketball and the way it works right now. Here you go. I think it's very hard for these officials to do. I mean, I, I just think there are some plays out there that I'm mind boggled by how they're called. And so you, you can't, and I think they are too. I mean, I am publicly privately sleeping in bed I'm, I'm against what we did we went too far to the left and now we're trying to bring it back and players don't know how to play coaches don't know how to coach referees don't know how to referee that's my humble opinion very spot on and with his you know people are so excited for for the new thing and that's part of why you know the uh the whole freshman phenomenon this year with Wiggins and Parker and all that and believe me if Jabari Parker was here at Michigan State 
first of all, Michigan State would have won every single game this year, and that's not even a little bit of a doubt in my mind. Um, but uh, those guys aren't really doing, putting up the outrageous numbers that they have been. And, you know, they're freshmen. They're, they're going to be good, but I'd, I don't, I just don't see, I don't see how a team like Kentucky or a team like Duke's a little different because they, they do a pretty good job of developing players. But I don't understand how a Kentucky or a Kansas would really compete in the tournament with a Michigan State or a Wisconsin or let's see I would I would I would throw Duke in there with with Michigan State as as being a a, a fairly well seasoned program I just don't see those those freshmen being able to you can't duplicate that kind of atmosphere and you can't duplicate those kind of those kind of big time uh big time situations and that's not to say that every single freshman is going to choke under pressure but if if you're going to give me if you give me the the option of Jabari Parker or Keith Appling taking the last shot in a final four game I'll take Keith Appling every day of the week and twice on Sundays because that's give me the experience maybe not as talented but you can't you can't teach experience that's all there is to it and you can't practice experience you have to have just been there and you have to just and that's why i think i think michigan state gets overlooked and i think a lot of their players get overlooked i think um richard uh richard patino said it tonight Payne is probably a top 5 pick but i think he's going to get overlooked by a lot of people because they're focused on the new guys. Payne's been doing this for what? I think he he really came into his own last year, but you know, he's been putting up good numbers for as long as he's been here at Michigan State. But that's not exciting to just put up good numbers consistently. What give me the guy who can put up thirty in one night and then maybe go quiet for a couple games. That's what's exciting. That's what I want on my team. No, no, no. And that's one thing that I think Tom Izzo does very well. And he he uh, he said it tonight. Do your job. That's what he wants from his guys. And that's why he gets so fired up at Valentine. Because Valentine tries to do more than his job. Just do your job. And I think that's part of what what hurts Tom Izzo in the recruiting is he's not worried about individual guys. And that's one thing that's one thing that my high school baseball coach taught me. Individual guys in the long run don't matter. They don't. Granted, you're st- you're going to have those guys, the Magic Johnsons, the Mateen Cleves, um, Draymond Green, those type of guys. You know great, you know, they can come back to campus in 10 years from now and people still know who they are and they're still exciting. But the reason that those guys are who they are is because of what they accomplished with their team. 
They went out and they they hung banners. They won trophies. That's what it's all about. It's about winning as a program. So it's great if Tom Izzo can get a guy here for a year who then goes and gets drafted. That's awesome for his recruiting. But for that's that can't be what he's worried about. What he's worried because he's not going with them. If he was going with them and getting the same kind of paycheck that they were getting, absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Get those one-year guys. But as but but from the standpoint of building a winning program and sustaining that winning, that's what Tom Izzo is all about. And that's what this team is all about. And that's one thing that I love. And I and I harped on this last time. Is is the fact that people, you know, whenever I when I'm watching a game on TV, they always talk about Gary Harris is the leader of this team. No, no, he's not. It kind of depends on the night. Some nights it's usually it's the seniors, really. It's going to be either Payne or it's going to be Appling. And that's not to say that Harris isn't a great contributor. I just don't see him as the leader of this team. I see it as, as Keith Appling because right now that guy is filling up stat sheets. He's got his turnovers down. He's got his points are way up. And I think a big part of his success on the offensive end is just how well he does on the defensive end. He had, let's see, did he have any steals tonight? Had two steals, two turnovers, three assists. Had one block, but he just gets his hands everywhere. Gets his hands in the passing lanes and does really a a fairly good job. And he was guarding um, Andre Hollins tonight, and that's not an easy assignment. In back-to-back games, he had to guard Andre Hollins, who put up he put up 24 tonight but that was on 4 of 17 shooting eight free throws and obviously Appling was in foul trouble so that was a big part of that he had to guard Andre Hollins tonight and then the previous game he got to guard Aaron Kraft he held Aaron Kraft to 9 points Kraft isn't a real big shooter Nine points, six assists, four turnovers from Aaron Kraft is astronomical. Four turnovers. I saw a stat before that game Aaron Kraft had had one turnover in his previous 113 minutes of game time. And Keith Appling mostly, obviously the rest of the team was there to help, but Keith Appling forced four turnovers out of that guy in 45 minutes by the way all right here's my little my little uh tangent for the for the day there is no uh, and i think i've said this before there's no one in the sport of basketball right now that i respect and loathe more than aaron Kraft. I wish Aaron Kraft would just graduate already because I know that he's been there for like 16 years. He's just got to go because 
I hate, hate, hate playing against Aaron Kraft. I hate watching Michigan State play against Aaron Kraft because the thing about Aaron Kraft that makes him so unbelievable is he can play an entire game, first of all. 45 minutes of playing time in that game against Michigan State did not sit a minute. He can have a terrible game, and he did not play well against Michigan State. Like I said, four turnovers by himself. He uh, he was not his best, but late in the game, he had a couple defensive plays and just hustle plays where he's diving on the ground, you know, getting after whatever he can get after. That's what makes him unbelievable, and that's why I'm so glad he's finally graduating. So glad. Oh, my goodness. How has he just just tormented the entire Big Ten for years. And I love watching him play, just not when he's playing Michigan State. And the one thing that Michigan State did very well that I've seen craft, I think it was against Purdue, I've seen him absolutely tear up teams with his dribble drive, and very rarely when he drives is he looking for the basket. He's looking to suck in as many defenders as he can and kick it out to... LaQuinton Ross or Amir Williams or Lenzel Smith. Get those guys some th- some open shots. And partially because of, I think, Keith Appling's ability to defend a- along the perimeter and defend the drive, I think that was a big help for Michigan State in that game. But there, uh, there weren't too many circumstances that I can remember where Kraft could drive in and then kick to just a wide open shooter. That happened a lot tonight against uh, Minnesota, but that was definitely something that Michigan State keyed in on and uh, and did their best to stop. and And I think that was that was a big reason that that State was so effective for three quarters of that game. I mean, time wise, I know they only play halves, but uh, hey. Despite all the troubles and uh, and all the injuries and all the the questioning of of Tom Izzo, fifteen and one, and God, I can't believe that 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 there's even that one. It is absolutely outs- uh, just dumbfounding that they that they lost that game. But hey, you know what? That's how it goes, and. Uh, like I said when it happened, we're going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. Even though I was wrong that UNC is just abysmal this year. They, uh, 10 and 6. A UNC team is 10 and 6. I don't know how that happens. But right now, I think it was my, my mother. I give her two shout outs in a row. Look at that. She asked me when Michigan State is going to start moving up the brackets, and my first reaction was, I don't care. As long as they're in the top eight, I'm, I'm at the end of the year. I'm fine with that. Tough schedule ahead, though, for Michigan State. Obviously, playing in the Big Ten is, is just not so easy. Got to play at Northwestern next game. That should not be a difficult game. Um, but... I would have said the same thing tonight, and I would have said the same thing when they played Columbia, and I would and I would have said the same thing when they played Oakland. 
there's just no guarantees for this team. And I don't understand it. I I wish I wish I could blame it all on injuries, but the fact that that they could play that well for most of the game against Ohio State and then just collapse. And I know part of it was because Keith Appling was fighting some pretty bad leg cramps, I guess. Um still. I said I said earlier in the year that the thing I love about this team is their next man up mentality. And I th- I think I might have completely missed the mark on that. And, oh, geez, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the th- there, there hasn't been much of that since guys have started getting injured. It was, it wasn't next guy up. It was, okay, who can score tonight or who can put on a show tonight? That's what it was, and that's what it still is, and that's a problem because if this team could really get some, just some decent minutes out of Ghana and Schilling, and I'd like to, I don't, Denzel Valentine is is really, he's really tough to figure out right now. I want to say that, that he can that he's struggling right now, but he has spurts like the second half tonight. He looked fantastic. He was making shots. He, you know, I, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty tough right now to, to see these guys come in and just not produce the way that they're needed. And it's too bad. Um, but who, I mean, who, who are you going to blame for that? Uh, They don't, they don't get many opportunities and I understand that that's a tough thing to have to just come in and, but that they know that that's going to be the role. That's their role on the team. I mean, there's, I don't think there's anybody out there that would make the argument that Ghana should be getting more minutes than than Costello because Costello when he has been in there he has done a good job he's not he's not pouring in points by any means let's see not that game this game tonight I mean he's one for three uh eight boards one for three from the floor seven points total he went five for six from free uh the free throw line eight boards that's what that's what they need out of their big men. When when pain isn't in, just give me a guy that can rebound and play defense. That's it. That's all I want out of that big guy. Just eat up some minutes, but when Ghana and Schilling are coming in and they're getting a foul, I think I forget what game it was. But Ghana came in, fouled Got two fouls in like two minutes of play. And then sat the rest of the game. You can't have that. You just can't do it. And I wish that I thought that would get better with playing time, but you can't keep giving him playing time if he's going to foul out. It's it's frustrating to watch. It's very frustrating to watch. And it's uh, 
it's like I said, it's it's too bad, but I don't think there's any reason to change what's going on right now. And you just hope that if you put those guys in a position to make a difference and to impact the game, hopefully they're going to figure it out. Because otherwise, I mean, then you just have to sit there and say, God, I hope everybody gets healthy soon. Because right now there's not a lot of good options. And that was one thing that I, that I really, really liked from, from Izzo's postgame was he said, you know, some places they bench guys. I can't do that. He can't do that. Because he doesn't have any other guys. You know, I'd love to see Wallenman and uh, and Chapman and uh, Wetzel get some PT, but I don't think the I think those guys would agree that they're not ready for that kind of that kind of stage. Um, I'm sure they would do their very best, and that's the thing is I'm I'm not questioning the the hustle and the oh the uh the effort that's what i was looking for i'm not questioning the effort from any of these guys but just try to be that's that's the biggest thing for this whole team that that's iso that should just be iso's mantra stop making the same mistakes because it's one thing to make a mistake, it, whether it be physical, just weren't thinking at the time, it's fine. Mistakes are going to happen. Very rarely is there going to be a perfect anything in this world. However, when you when someone keeps making those same mistakes, that's when there's an issue. And for Schilling and Ghana right now, that mistake is they keep fouling people. So you obviously don't want them to stop being physical because they're big men. But figure it out. Figure out what you're doing wrong. Do what you can to prevent that from happening again. And and just do the job you're supposed to do. Do your job. Like Tom said, that's all he wants out of these guys. He's not looking for anything extraordinary from anyone in particular. He knows what these guys need to do. He knows what their jobs need to be. And right now it's it's just a matter of them figuring it out. Figuring out their jobs and figuring out how to do their jobs well. Because this team, I mean... This team is something special. There's no doubt about that. You don't go through losing first your stud backup point guard and then your stud shooter and then your your defensive big man and then your top five pick big man coming out smelling like roses. That doesn't happen. And right now, Michigan State is on an eight-game win streak. Right? Eight games. Mm-hmm. Four, five, six, seven. Eight games in a row. And two. Uh, yeah. And one and one of those games was against the number three team in the nation. 
and they were without their backup point guard, and their big man was hampered by a by a bad foot. And this team is still fifteen and one. That's that's what we need to focus on. We can Izzo Tom Tom Izzo can't no. He has to focus on the negatives, because like he said, we get to talk about it and write about it. He has to figure out how to fix it. And uh, right now, there's no way to fix injuries. <laughs> I mean, you just just gotta gotta wait them out, and you hope that the guys that are that are next in line can step up. And if not, just gotta battle through it and wait. Uh, one thing, one last thing before we go here. Um, I don't understand how Gary Harris missed those last two free throws. And I'm not trying to jump on him. I know huge pressure situation. I probably just would have peed right down my leg and thrown both shots into the third row. But honestly, what are the odds? I would be willing to bet good money that Gary Harris doesn't miss another back-to-back free throw opportunity like that the entire year. He's shooting 88% from free throw. 88%. And he missed back-to-back tonight. That's why, after the game, I was convinced that the whole thing was rigged because there's no way that he misses those. And then Michigan State goes on to cover. It's impossible. I'm starting to cut into... uh, to walk the line now, but that's that's pure insanity, and uh, made for some. Tell you what, that's another nice thing about this Michigan State team is there are not too many games where you can just flip back and forth. They are all for the most they all for the most part have just been absolute. Pull your hair out, hold just white knuckle fear fests. That's what they are. They are just there to see what it's going to take for me to yell the F word in the press box. That's what this team is trying to do to me. They're trying to see if I can break the rules in the press box by turning in these performances like they have been. But like I said, 15 and one is 15 and one currently ranked number five, probably going to be somewhere three or four, uh, after this weekend. But, uh, Got to get healthy and uh, got to clean up some of the mistakes that they've been making. Nothing wrong with sitting atop the uh, Big Ten standings either. 4-0 in conference. Uh, Michigan and Wisconsin are both 3-0. Everybody else has at least one loss. Uh, Michigan State plays Wisconsin in, oh, it's not for another month. Month from two days ago. So February 9th, they play at Wisconsin. I'll tell you what, I don't see. At Illinois could be a tough game. And then they come home, go Northwestern, at at Northwestern, at Illinois, home for Indiana, home for Michigan, at Iowa. If they can, if they, if Michigan State can go undefeated in that stretch, there's just so much excitement for this team. And that would make it that would make this team ten times more exciting if they could because that's two tough road games against ranked opponents 
Uh, Illinois is not a bad team. Don't don't sleep on Illinois. Um, their coach John Gross, I think that's his name. He's been doing a great job with that program. Um, being from Illinois, I get to hear a lot about that team. And uh, yeah, they're uh, they're no messing around. And uh, so, if if Michigan State can stay undefeated this month. We're in for a real treat this year, guys, and uh, I hope, I hope that they can pull that off. But, uh, but yeah, circle that February 9th game against Wisconsin because that could very well be um, the game that decides who takes the Big Ten title, regular season title. And uh, well, then I guess, holy cow, Michigan State has to end the year on the road at Ohio State. All right, well. If they can get through that Wisconsin game, I think that Ohio State game will be the game of the year. But that's way far ahead, and there's a lot of basketball to be played yet. As always, I will have the coverage for you at impact89fm.org slash sports. Look for it under the men's basketball. Uh, do lots of recaps. Try to be more consistent with the uh, podcast this semester. Hopefully going to be able to turn them out every Friday. Kind of screw here with syllabus week. Going to get this out to you most likely. Yeah, it'll be Sunday. And uh, enjoy the rest of the football, everybody, um, because there's not much football left. It's already said that the college season is over. Loved being in Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. Probably one of the most incredible things I'll ever experience. Um, apart from just the fact that it was nice to get out of this godforsaken cold for a couple days. Um, yep, enjoy the football. My name is Andrew Hayes, your host for the Impact Is Own. Follow me on Twitter. Still trying to get my Twitter numbers up. Been pretty bad so far. At Impact, or no, at Is Own Hayes, I-Z-Z-O-N-E-H-A-Y-E-S, 22, and, uh, Go green.